Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search Rock C3 for our app. This week, Pastor Josh Finkley brings us the first week of our new series called Open All Doors. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Rock Church. Everybody doing okay out there? It's good to see you guys today. I want to welcome you here and thank you for being here. And, and uh, today's like a, it's a, it's a bittersweet type day, all right? And, and here's what I mean, like, like, I know that, that with Coastal, with uh, move-in yesterday or over the weekend and, and today, uh, that we get a lot of college students back who call the Rock Home. Uh, we get a lot of new college students that join us uh, on this weekend, so that's awesome. But I also know we have a lot of college students that this week are heading back to their schools, you know, in Columbia and upstate and stuff like that. So it's, it's very bittersweet, but, but would y'all just do me a favor? for our college students that are heading out and for our college students that have made it today, would you just give them a hand and just celebrate them? (laughs) Thankful for the faith that you guys are pursuing and want to encourage you to keep doing that. Also just thankful today for so many of you uh, that are new with us that, that maybe this is your first time here. And uh, if it is, man, get connected. And you might be new here in Conway. You might be new here uh, in our, at our Aner campus. You might be new here at our online campus. So whichever campus you're at right now, get connected. Like, we're glad you're here, but we want you to get connected. Stop by either a new here tent or a connect corner um, or or talk to a host online. Whatever you've got to do to get connected, we want to help you do that Um, because we just want to know your name. We want you to know that you matter to God, all right? And now, I'm excited today. We're going to launch a new series, and, and I, I just need you to know with this new series that, that it's not just a series that we're launching today. It's kind of a series that will carry us for the next nine months. Uh, for four weeks, we're going to use the series title, Open All Doors. And that title actually was birthed out of our coastal campus, uh, that they had an idea uh, back in the spring, and, and uh, we just loved it. And we said, man, we've got to do that as a whole theme. And really not just as a theme for four weeks, but really a theme for the next nine months. Uh, so for nine months, you're going to hear this a lot. Open All Doors for Christ by making it personal. Open all doors for Christ by making it personal or open all doors for Jesus by making it personal. And inside of that, we're gonna talk a lot about sharing your faith about how to help people know uh, the Jesus that maybe you believe in, but we're also gonna spend just a whole lot of time talking about Jesus. And so some of you have faith. 
Uh, some of you that, that maybe you've gone to church all your life. Maybe you accepted Christ when you were a kid. Uh, maybe you're new in your journey, but you have faith. So my goal over this series, over this whole school year, is that you will be encouraged in your faith and you will strengthen your faith and you will share your faith because you'll come to such a personal understanding of who Jesus is that you'll be like, man, I just, I got to walk closer with him and I got to share him with others. But I also know um, in a church our size, there are a bunch of you that don't have faith yet. Uh, that you're here investigating it. You're here because maybe a family member or a friend said, go to church with me. And so that you don't have a fight later, you're like, yep, I'll go to church. That, that you're here and you're maybe just on that investigation path. Maybe you're just starting to try to figure out who Jesus is. Although I'm gonna talk a lot about sharing your faith and you might say, that doesn't apply to me because I don't have faith yet. I'm gonna spend just as much time explaining who Jesus is. And this is what I know about Jesus, that he can absolutely change your life because Jesus changes everything, doesn't he? He changes everything. And I'm so fortunate that somebody, when I was uh, graduating high school, shared Christ with me. And because of that, he changed everything in my life. So my prayer is uh, for those of you who don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, that through this series and in reality over the next nine months, that you will come to a personal understanding of Christ. And you'll make a decision to say, I, I want to follow him. And not only follow him, but I want to share that with others because he has changed everything. Well, how do we do that? We open all doors. That's where it starts, is we simply got to open doors. And, and this is what I know. Like, I love an open door. And as much as I love an open door, I can't stand a closed door. Anybody with me there? Like you go to a, a store or you go to a restaurant and you expect a door to be open and it's closed. Like, like there's nothing, nothing worse than showing up at Chick-fil-A and forgetting that it's Sunday, right? Like the only thing that might be worse than that is showing up to Krispy Kreme and, and for some reason they've closed early. And when you have a hankering for a Krispy Kreme, there ain't nothing else that will fix that, is there? It's like, I got to find one. And the gas station Krispy Kreme isn't a Krispy Kreme. All right, so you're with me. That's why I love places like White Castle and Waffle House. I'm just curious, who here has had a White Castle? Because I know I'm in the South and I lost most of you. You know what I mean? You're just like, I don't even understand White Castle. What is that? It's a Midwest thing that made its way to the Northeast. Now, let me just tell you about a White Castle. It's an incredible cheeseburger that is about this thick. Like seriously, it's no thicker like the meat. Like you would say, that looks like a slice of bologna, okay? Like it is so thin, you have to eat like 10 of them to have a meal. And if you've had White Castle, you don't eat them for lunch. Oftentimes, you don't even have it for dinner. It's at about 10 o'clock at night. Then you're like, I got a hankering for a White Castle. Are you with me, Bean? You're with me, right? You know what I mean? That's when you eat White Castle. And then it does something magical or mysterical with your gut, all right? But what I love about White Castle, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, the doors open. They never close. 
Christmas, Valentine's, you name it, you can go there. And it's the same with Waffle House, right? Like, like we've all had our Waffle House. I mean, we've all had, to, had that desire uh, for, for a waffle. And, and sure, sometimes we'll go there in the morning, but just as many times we'll go there at 10 o'clock at night. It'll be the ball game ended, a concert ended. You're like, let's eat. Well, let's go to Waffle House. And we love Waffle House because they're always open. 24 hours a day, seven days a, a week, 365 days a year. Everything else can be falling apart in the world. A hurricane can be coming, but Waffle House is open. And it's personal. Like when you go to that Waffle House, like chances are if it's one you frequent, you know the cook, you know the waitress, they know your order because it's personal. And here's what I, here's what I want us to catch is Waffle House believes in their waffles so much that they want to make sure that anytime somebody wants a waffle, they'll make sure the door is open. And I love a waffle. Like, like, like I might need to go to Regen because of my waffle addiction, okay? Like, I love a waffle, but a waffle can't change my life. A waffle can't give me hope. A waffle can't give me purpose. And a waffle definitely can't save my soul. Yet Waffle House will keep their doors open to make sure we get a waffle. And for those of us who know Jesus, think about it. Jesus can give us hope. Jesus can give you peace. Jesus can, can, can give you a purpose. Jesus can save your soul. Jesus can give you life here on earth and for all eternity. Yet many times when it comes to Christ, we'll close the door rather than open it. We need with our faith to open the doors for Jesus Christ the way Waffle House opens the doors for waffles. That's what this is all about. And that's my challenge for you today is to open all doors in the places you go and with the people you know. I know that's a little Dr. Seussish. I've never said, I don't even know how to say that, Edie. All right, but that that's a, sounds a little bit like Dr. Seuss. Worship band, come out, I'm done. No, um, but, but I want you to hear it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to write it down. Open all doors to the places you go and with the people you know. And it starts by opening all doors in the places you go. Like think about the places you go. Here, think about it. Where have you been this week? Where are you heading this next week? Like, like where have you been? Where are you going? Uh, your, your dorm room, your, your school, your, your apartment building, your neighborhood, uh, your work, your gym, your golf course, your boat, the beach. Think about all the places you either went or all the places you're going to go this week. And with that in mind, what would it look like if you opened a door there? Like some guys from a story from the Bible. That we have a book in the Bible called the book of Luke. Uh, some people will call it the gospel according to Luke. Uh, sometimes you'll hear me call it a biography about Jesus written by Luke. And what it was is there was this guy who was alive back during the times of Jesus, and he wrote an accurate account, a historical record. And he wrote it by, by doing an investigation of all the eyewitnesses of Christ. And after investigating it all, he wrote it down. 
And so we have the stories, the words, the works of Jesus written down for us, all right? In a book that has been held, that has been uh, continued to be translated, to continue to be um, put into English for us through all the years. We have it, the very words of Christ. So I want you to read what it has to say. It says this, one day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as Jerusalem. Like, like these are these guys that are like, we want to hear about what this Jesus guy keeps sharing with others. So they always showed up, as well as everybody else from the town, anytime Jesus was around. And then it goes on, it says, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. So people are coming because they want to find healing. They want to hear what he has to say, but they also want to find healing. And then it goes on. It says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of of Jesus. And the first thing I want you to see with this story is that there were some men that said, we've got to open all doors to the places we go. Now, now, Think back to this story. Put, put yourself back then that what was going on is these guys are trying to get this guy to Jesus, and we'll get to the guy in a little while. But, but when they get to this house, they notice the house is full, like, like the house is packed out, that there's people everywhere. And you can imagine these guys, they go to the front door and there's no room to get through the front door. So they're like, all right, well, let's go over to the side door. And they go over to the side door and there's no room to get in the side door. They're like, all right, well, let's go to the back door. And they go to the back door and there's no room to get in the back door. Well, how about that window? There's no room in the window. They look through the entire house and there's no way to get this guy inside. But that wouldn't stop them. They were so committed to making sure they got to the to Jesus, that they ended up going up onto the roof and they ripped back some tiles that they tore into the roof, which seems crazy that in the middle of Jesus' sermon, they're tearing into the roof. They tear into the roof because they basically said, we've got to open a door. That when they looked around the house, they saw a bunch of closed doors and they said, that's not acceptable. That we're not going to take no for an answer. That, that their tenacity, their audacity made them say, we will figure out a way to open a door. And that's a challenge that I have for myself and a challenge I have for you as well. Is that what would it look like if we had the audacity and the tenacity to open a door no matter what? See, I think we actually, unfortunately, have gone the wrong direction. I think most of us, for those of us who have faith, is we see a closed door and we go, well, I was going to try, but that door seems closed. Well, I was going to try to share my faith with that guy, but, but it's obvious that, that they don't want to have anything to do with God. It's almost like we've said, well, our culture has changed, and because of that, that door seems to be shut. That, that people don't want to follow God anymore. People don't want to know God anymore. People don't want to connect with God anymore. That, that people are walking a different direction than God. So because of that, because culture has changed, well, it just seems like that door is shut. So, okay, well, I can't do anything. And we're unwilling to press on. 
Or we'll see things like, well, family has changed. And because family has changed, it seems like there's a door shut. Like in the past, people would go to church with their mom or dad or with their grandparents. And, but today, it doesn't seem like anybody's doing that. So it seems like that door is shut. So I don't, I don't even know, know, know what I should do there. Or, or it seems like because of technology that, that everything has changed. And technology has almost kind of shut a door as well. That, 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 you know, people are kind of distanced from one another now, that we're connected, you know, electronically, digitally, but we're not connected, you know, person to person. And because of that, it seems like that door is shut. And I don't want to invite somebody online because then it just gets into an argument. So, well, there's nothing I can do. Or we'll even say things like this, like conversation has changed. And because of that, it seems like that door is shut for that reason. Because the minute I try to tell somebody about the Jesus I believe in, they're going to think I'm judging them. They're going to think I'm intolerant. They're going to think that, that I'm imposing my views on them, and, and that would be wrong, right? Literally, as I was preparing for this message, I was reading a, 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 a book, and in the book, they had done a survey. The Barna Group had done a survey, and 47% of Christians said it is wrong to share their faith. I want you to think about that for a second. 47%, basically half of people who believe in Christ say that it is wrong to share their faith. And I'm just going to do a little experiment here in Conway. And Aner, I'll explain it by what I mean here. Is that in our auditorium here in Conway, we basically have four sections. The room is split in half. All right, so that would be like pretending this, that all of you have the secret of life, that all of you, let's say this, that you had the answer to everything in life, and everybody over here is saying, I desperately am seeking the answer, but you said, sorry, I'm going to keep it to myself because you might not like what I have to say. It would be like you saying, I can help you escape an eternity without Jesus. But I don't want to share it with you because you might not want to hear that there's an eternity without Jesus. Uh, there's a comedian, uh, maybe you've heard him, Penn and Teller, uh, the guy whose last name is Penn, or his name is Penn, that he actually said this because he's an atheist. And somebody said, do you get mad when Christians try to share their faith with you? He said, no. He goes, I'd get really mad at a Christian who wouldn't share their faith with me. Because if they believe they have the answer to eternal salvation, but was unwilling to share it with me, how awful of a person would they be? Yeah. But, but we're afraid because we say, well, I don't know if anybody wants to hear it. So we think, well, that's a closed door. And I don't know if anybody wants to hear it because of digital means. Well, if we live in a digital society. How much more do we need to be in community? Or we say, well, man, that, that person's family structure is different. How much more do they need the family of God? That person, I don't know if they want to walk with God. How much more do they need to walk with God? Rather than seeing a closed door, what would it look like if we acted like these men and said, I'm going to rip the freaking roof off so that somebody can hear about Jesus? What would it look like if I looked at every place I go and said, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make sure somebody has an opportunity to hear about Jesus? Not in, in anger, not with bullhorns, not, not in a way that, that is, is rude, not in a way that, that is not loving, but with grace and truth. I said, I want to just share the Jesus that I found because he has changed everything. Again, look at the places you go. 
Look at the gym you work out in. Look at the golf course that you frequent. Look at the beach that you hang out at. Look at the pool that you swim in. Look at the neighborhood that you're at. Look at your dorm room. Uh, look at your athletic field. Uh, look, look at, at your college. Look at your, your elementary school, your middle school, your high school. Look at your job. Look, look at the places you go and say, how do I open a door right here for the people I know? Because it's about opening the door to the places you go because of the people you know. Now, in Aner, I'm going to let Scott take over for that campus, and I'm going to continue on here in Conway and online. Now, think about this for a second. That the people you come in contact with every day, right? and I'm not even talking about people you don't know, okay? Like, like we should care about them as well, but let's just get real personal. Let's talk about the people you know. Do you care enough to share a Jesus who changes everything with them? Like, I have to go back to this story for a second. And I have to think about these guys who are, who are carrying this dude on a mat. And, and we don't have the backstory. All right? I read you the, the, what we have so far. All right? We don't have the backstory. It is possible. It is. It's possible that these guys, they saw Jesus at this house. They heard he was healing people. They heard that he was teaching. It's possible that they maybe said, hey, um, man, I'd like to get a front row seat. I'd like to get as close to Jesus as I can. So let's go pick up that lame man and let's carry him in because that'll get us all the way to the front row. We can watch a guy get healed. We can be like, man, we were right there. Possible, doubtful. Like I doubt that was their idea. It's possible that every day when they walked by this guy on a mat, he would beg uh, for, for money from them because he had to survive somehow. He was lame. He couldn't have had a job back then. So it's possible every day when they would walk by that he'd be like, hey, guys, can I have some money? And they might have said, I am sick and tired of this guy asking me for money. Let's just take him to Jesus. Let's get him healed so that, so that, that he can walk and so that he can go to work. It's possible that was their motive. I doubt it. What I think, and again, it's just my thought because we don't have the backstory. My best guess would simply be this. It's a friend. Maybe a brother. Maybe a cousin. Maybe somebody they've known all their life. Maybe they looked at him and said, dude, there's a chance. Like all your life, this is how you've been. You, your legs haven't worked. There's a chance that today that you can be healed. Let's do whatever we can to get you to Jesus. So they pick him up on his mat and, and they go to the house. But when they get to the house, the front door's closed, the side door's closed, the back door's closed, the windows are full. So they go up onto the roof and they get up onto the roof. And again, this seems insane. Put yourself in the situation. You're sitting there listening to Jesus teach. Like, you're watching Jesus do miracles. And the next thing you know, there's a rattling in the roof. All of a sudden, things start to fall in. Well, like, like if, if, if Jesus was just a normal preacher, he would have been probably at that moment going, security, figure this out. I'm in the middle of my sermon. I'm getting ready to hit the best part. Take care of that because I got to keep preaching. But you know what I believe Jesus probably did at that moment? Because he knew. You know what I mean? Like, he knew what was going on. He didn't have to guess and go, oh, this is how that's going to happen. I mean, he's Jesus. He knows. And he sees the roof get peeled back. I can picture him going, I've been waiting on y'all. 
I had to keep preaching. I mean, come on, let's go. Let's get it going. And he lowers him down. Imagine the guy in this. The guy's probably embarrassed as all get out. Because he doesn't have, we don't have any record of him having any say-so in this. Right? And all of a sudden, he's just being lowered down in front of all these people. And I love what Jesus says. He looks at the man. And here's his first words to him. We have it recorded. Luke chapter 5. Seeing their faith. And I love the there. Let me just do a little teaching for a second. Who's the there? Could be the guy on the mat. Could be the guys who are lowering him down. Chances are it's both. Seeing their faith. Jesus said to them, said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. And I can just picture in that moment that the guys up on the roof, they're like, "Um, Jesus, that's great, but that's not why we brought him. Jesus, his legs don't work. I don't know if you understand this or not, Jesus. You're you're talking about his, his sins are forgiven. We came so that his legs would work. And see, this is the issue. I think we fall into the same category all the time. We're trying to get people fixed, not trying to get people to faith, right? And rather than trying to get people fixed, let's get them to a place of faith because when people have faith, that's when they can be fixed. That's when they can be made right. That's when they can learn to walk. And we got to learn this sequence because too many times we mess up this sequence. Too many times we think, well, that guy's so far away from God, he'll never want Jesus. That, that, guy, that guy is walking in such a direction, there's no way that they'll ever go to church with me. I'm not trying to say you need to get people to church. I love church. Invite people to church. You'll hear me say that. You know that. When people are here, when we are here, we are gathering as the bride of Christ. This presence of God is here, and he changes things. But they weren't trying to get the guy to church. They were trying to get the guy to Jesus. That's the big difference. Let's get to Jesus. Because if we get to Jesus, then we can learn to walk. If we'll let Jesus come into our life, and that's where so many of you I know don't have faith in Jesus yet. I simply want you to get to Jesus. Because when you get to Jesus, he has the ability to change everything. And that's what we see in the story. I'll keep reading. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does this guy think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. All right, I don't have time to go into that, but Jesus is saying, yeah, you're right. I'm God. That's why I'm forgiven his sins, okay? That's a different sermon. It'll be in about four weeks. Come back. <laughs> Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Continuing on. Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and he said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. That he got to Jesus... And when he got to Jesus and his heart was made right and his faith was restored and he came to Christ, it was then that Jesus was able to teach him to walk. That his sins were forgiven, so then he was able to walk and run and celebrate and live. And again, that's why I want to challenge all of us. 
Open the doors to the people you know. Get them to Jesus. Because then once they get to Jesus, they can learn to walk. Again, let me talk church for a second. Because sometimes we'll say, I've been trying, but my friend won't come to church with me. Maybe because you're trying to teach him to walk. How about you just try to get him to Jesus? Rightfully so. Some people are like, I ain't going to church. I get it. Get him to Jesus. Have conversations about Christ. And as you're having conversations about Christ, maybe by in faith and through your conversation with them, they'll respond to the gospel and then they'll be like, all right, I'm ready for my next step. All right, then let's start walking with the Lord. And you might say, okay, Josh, that's great. That's great. I know that there's people I know. There's, I got good friends who, who need Jesus. I got good friends that maybe they'll come to church with me. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But I want, I want them to get in the presence of Jesus. How do I do it? Because so far I've just said open all doors to the places you go and the people you know. How do you do it? Well, over the next three weeks, we're going to teach you a process on how to do it. It's straight out of Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to give you the cliff notes real quick right now. But over the next three weeks, I really want to dive into these three things. Because if you're really committed to opening all doors in the places you go and the people you know, then here's what you need to do. You got to make it a matter of prayer. You got to make it a priority. And you got to make it personal. That's what Colossians 4 teaches us. Look at it here for a second. It says, devote yourselves to prayer. Stay alert with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open a door to us for the word, which means for Jesus. That, that, that what the writer is saying here is, is pray. That, that Paul is saying, pray that a door might be opened. Right? Again, tomorrow, this afternoon, tomorrow, you're going to be going to a lot of places. Some of you are going to be going to your dorm room tonight. You're going to be going back to your apartment complex tonight. Pray that God will open the door there. Some, some of you are going to go to practice tomorrow. Pray that God will open a door there. Some of you are going to be going to work uh, tomorrow. Uh, pray that God will open a door there. But, but don't just pray about the place you go. Pray about the people you know. That, that when I go to work tomorrow, I know I'm going to have an opportunity to come in contact with this person. So I'm going to pray for them by name. Maybe it's while you're driving down the road in your truck on your way to work. You're praying for them by name. Maybe it's while you're walking to class, you're praying for them by name. I got to pray. I got to make it a priority to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains so that I may make it known as I should. Act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. Other translations say making the most of the opportunity. That, that I've got to make it a priority in my life. Because if I don't make it a priority, I won't do it. Because uh, let's just be honest for a second. Sharing your faith is intimidating. Sharing your faith is awkward at times. Sharing your faith means that you're going to get told no. This week, by, by two different individuals, I was simply told no. Josh, I love you, but no thanks. Right, these weren't strangers. These are people I do life with. They're just not interested right now. But it's still a priority. And if it's not a priority, I won't do it because it's awkward. Uh, the other thing, though, the reason I won't do it is if it's not personal. That's the reason I got to make it personal. The last part of that verse says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. 
It's not so that I know how to answer the random person on Facebook who's commenting on my post. It's so I know how to answer each person because that person is personal. That person is known. And I'm trying to open a door with somebody I love, somebody I care about, because I know Jesus changes everything. So you got to make it personal. There's some ways we're trying to make it personal as a church that I want to share with you right now. And one of the ways that this year, going into this school year, that we're trying to make it personal is in our This Gen Ministries. And if you're new with us, anytime we say this gen, it means uh, uh, kids through young adults, all right? That, that in that age group, we're trying to do everything we can for this gen. So much so, this year, we've doubled down. Uh, that that we've, we've doubled our staff that works with this gen over the course of the last year because we want to make such an impact. We want to make it personal. We want to recruit more volunteers. We want to recruit more coaches so that, that each child, each kid, each teenager, each young adult knows there's, there's somebody else who cares about me and loves me. But we've also doubled down on space. Here at our Conway location, we've opened up a student venue because we want our middle schoolers and our high schoolers to know that when they're meeting on campus, there is a space for them where they can personally connect with a coach. That, that if you don't know, just to your left, we're about to open up 8,000 square feet of kids space because we want each child to know that it's personal, that there's people that love them and they want to do life with them. And that we have a fourth and fifth grade lounge where it can be personal for those fourth and fifth graders. And that we're opening up a special needs environment. And we're opening up this special needs environment because we want every child with a disability to know that they matter to God and that they matter to us. Amen? We want that. And we've done special needs ministries for years as a church, but we're doubling down because we want to make sure every kid, it's personal with them. We want to make sure every parent or caretaker knows that, that they are at a church that is going to come alongside of them as we come alongside of their child. Another way we're making it personal this is a brand new ministry that we're starting this month in beta version, next month in full version, that at our 1130 service on Sunday mornings, uh, we're going to offer um, Spanish translation of the sermon. All right? So I, I'm fired up about that. Now, I'll be honest, that's going to be difficult. Because if you don't know about me, this about me, I talk fast. I know that. But somebody's going to be translating it into a device so that one of their friends can hear it in Spanish. And they're going to be translating as fast as I'm preaching. And I don't preach on manuscript, so it's not like they can prepare in advance. They're going to trust the Spirit of God to communicate the message of God so that their friend or somebody they know can hear the message of Jesus in their native tongue, in their heart language, in, in their first language. I'm fired up about that. Uh, to the point, and again, that'll be at the 1130 service. So some of you speak Spanish. You need to come find me afterwards because I need you. And you're like, well, that recruiting tool you just gave me didn't help. <laughs> but some of you speak Spanish and you can do it. Others of you have friends who speak Spanish that you care about. I look around the room. I see a bunch of guys in here who own construction companies. And I know you got a lot of friends who speak Spanish that you care deeply about. And this is an opportunity for them to hear the message of Jesus clearly for them. 
And we're going to start singing some songs in Spanish. This next song we're singing, there's going to be some Spanish lyrics that are going to be sung with it, all right? And there's going to be English lyrics as well. So if you want to sing in English, you can. If you want to sing in Spanish, you can. And I know what's going to happen. Some of you are going to be like, man, I'm confused. I I can't sing along. Let's be honest. You can't sing along with the English half the time either, right? You'd be out there be like, is it the one and three, Tyler, or the two and four? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Why? Why would we do it? To make it personal. Because I want every man, woman, and child that lives in our community, that lives in Horry County, to repeatedly be able to hear the message of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus changes everything. I want every teenager, I want every young adult, I want every college student to have an opportunity to repeatedly hear the message of Jesus because he changes everything. So we'll do whatever we can as a church. But everything we do as a church, as an organization, matters about this much. Because as a church, we don't have near the influence that you do as an individual. Just think about it. We'll have about 2,000 people at church this weekend at The Rock. But how many people you have an influence over this week as an individual? I might preach and 2,000 people might hear it. But if every one of you went to the places you go and the people you know, think about how many thousands of people would hear the message of Jesus Christ this weekend. You have far greater reach than I ever will. As individuals, we all have our circle of influence. As a whole, we can cover a lot of territory. So I want you to think about the places you go. And and, and here's what's crazy. I want you to think about the places you go and I wanna challenge you this way. Start a Bible study or start a faith study right where you go. You're an athlete, start it in the locker room. Start it in the team room. You're a college student, start it in the dorm room. You're a construction worker, start it at the tailgate of your truck. You're a teacher, start it in the teacher's lounge. You work in an office, start it, start it in the conference room. Like we as a church all the time, we, we, we know this happens. We say, I want to go to church so I can jump into a small group, right? That's great. And we have a bunch of small groups and people jump into them. That's great. But what would it look like this year if instead of us trying to start small groups of church people, we started small groups of people who want to investigate who Jesus Christ is? That might just change the world. It might just change everything. And I know this, it'll get messy. You'd be like, man, people be saying some whacked out stuff. They say that already in small groups. Might as well say it in groups made up of non-Christians. Right? Take Jesus there. And there's tons of resources on the app for you. My, my book is on the app and you can use it as a study guide. Uh, there's uh, Discover More is a video curriculum you could use as a study guide. We've put on our uh, Discover More or our Discover page of the app. We've put a link to the chosen video series. You could use that. There's tons of resources. Get personal in the places you go. 
with the people you know. Because that's what Jesus did. Why don't you stand with me and let's just think about Jesus for a second. Because Jesus made you a matter of prayer. That that Jesus made you a priority. That, That Jesus got personal with you and with me. He went to the cross. He died a sinner's death. He died in our place so that we could have life. And every disciple in the first century, those first century disciples, you know what they discovered? He changed everything. And I'll say this 2,000 years later, he changed everything. And he can change everything in your life today if you'll get personal with him. So we're going to sing this song right now. And as we sing this song, get personal with Jesus. Maybe take communion. It's up front if you want to take communion and make a decision to not only be Jesus, but to make it a priority to share him personally with somebody else. He is a God over everything. Let him be a God over your life today. And if you need to talk about what it means to actually respond to Jesus and accept him as your savior, I'll be standing right at that connect door. I've got some prayer counselors that'll be there too. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe you want to take a step of baptism today. That's available as well. Let's respond. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week.